His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. So, you get me twice this morning. That hardly ever happens. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, Greg. You'll survive. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Ron and Teresa are in the United States. Now, what Teresa is, Ron's with her. Were they in New York? Is that right? Washington, D.C. They're somewhere. Washington, D.C. They're what? They were on TV last night? Wow. I missed that. Cool. So they're out there in Washington, D.C. together. They've had a conference going on out there. I think it ended yesterday. And then they have the gala tonight. Yeah. And um, then they'll be back tomorrow late. Um, sounds like a lot of awesome things went on while she was uh, on her trip. Um, so we're anxious to hear about that. And uh, the Lord's just doing a lot. Sounds like a lot of confirmation of the things he's been speaking and um, what he's been doing here also. So I'm just going to pray and we'll get started this morning. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for coming and meeting us. Lord, have your way this morning. Let your word come forth and all that's on your heart just flow today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to title this, His Grace is More Than Sufficient. I've just been praying, seeking the Lord, and it's, it's like um, I see the body of Christ across this nation in places of discouragement and disappointment and struggle and all these things. And it's like we're right on the brink of something. Um, it's an exciting time, definitely, as Tony said, you know, go out and vote. Um, I feel like the Lord's moving all across this nation, and um, it's very encouraging. But at the same time, what do we do in our personal lives when things aren't exactly like we'd like them to be or they're not easy or going through a hard time? So I just started writing down things and, and uh, seeking the Lord on this. And I just want to share what he's been showing me with it. The first thing I put is, have you ever dealt with hope deferred? Has anyone in here ever dealt with that? <laughs> hope deferred. And everyone knows the scripture in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? What's the second half of that verse? Anybody remember? Tony does. Anybody else? But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. <laughs> it's easy to forget that part when you're in the hope deferred. <laughs> it seems like a lot of times we end up um, walking through those times where we we really see the hope deferred, but that dream fulfilled, being a tree of life, is not visible in those times. <laughs> and what the Lord does is every time he brings us out of that hope deferred, he lets us look back and see that dream fulfilled. And... I feel like that's where we're going to be as a nation, as a whole. A lot of this um, that I'm writing about, this, or I'm sharing about this morning that I wrote, has to do with our nation as a whole. 
And um, it seems like there's a lot of things shifting uh, from the president on down in our nation. So that's why, like always, this election is a big ordeal um, because it's like we're right at the cusp of major things changing. Um, the other thing I was feeling when I was praying for all this stuff was what we deal with with our past. So have you ever beat yourself up over mistakes or failures or bad choices or poor decisions of the past? Why did we make those decisions? Are we, are we responsible for all the consequences coming from our past? Do we have to stay in the place of continually remembering everything that we've done wrong? <laughs> we let the enemy attack our minds over all these kind of things. And so I was asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, why uh, do we deal with mind battles and the enemy beating us up so bad over the things of the past? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, the enemy knows how you were created and you get caught up in temporal thought patterns, the opposite of the mind of Christ you were created with. And I thought, that makes sense, because I don't know about everyone else, but me personally, if I deal with something, like really struggle, it's with mind battles. It's with things I've done, or the past, or situations, like I didn't handle that right, I didn't do this right. It, it runs through your mind, and the Lord doesn't want that for us either, the reason being is because of that. He created us with his mind. And when we can get a grasp on how his mind works, all those attacks of the enemy in our mind will mean nothing. The enemy works overtime, deferring our hope and condemning us over the past. And what this causes is the Lord's people to fully or partially abort their calling have you ever heard nothing is ever going to change? It's always been this way and it always will. Or it's too late, you already, whatever, fill in the blank. <laughs> that is just how the enemy works. He uses all those things to condemn us. What about our walks currently? When things get hard, what do we do? It's not fun anymore. We hear all kinds of comments from the enemy and our own flesh that can't be the Lord, it must be too difficult to be him, right? If it was the Lord's will, it would go a whole lot smoother. <laughs> the Lord opens doors for you when you hear his voice. I don't feel called to that anymore. It's just too hard. I don't have time anymore. Life's just too busy. We all hear multiple things day in and day out. So what do we do with them? The easiest thing in life is to abort our calling. And the reason I keep saying that is because a definition of abort is to become checked in development so as to degenerate or remain, or, I'm sorry, or remain rudimentary. Or the other definition I like to think of it as is when I say abort your calling is becoming lukewarm. Because if you become lukewarm, you cannot walk in the full calling the Lord has for you. So that's why the enemy comes against our mind consistently. We are made in God's image. We were created to cultivate a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So if we cultivate that relationship, 
we can create a healthy marriage, raise our children in a way that they know their Heavenly Father and teach them how to walk after Him. What happens when we have sown all these things and yet they do not turn out like they should? This is kind of like the, the hope deferred. The enemy attacks and says we didn't do something right. We messed up. We just didn't handle that right. You know, we were wrong in the way we walked. So what's that do? Causes us to either rise up or bow down to it, one or the other. This is a healing the Lord wants to perform across our land in multiple ways. The healing of abortion, I feel like he was saying, in the physical and the spiritual and the restoration of believers' callings. As you all know, I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. So the way I see it is when we fall under the attack of the enemy and we cannot rise up, we can't pray, we can't push forward, we're, we're aborting our calling in that place just like our nation in the natural has aborted babies for how many years now? And we are literally on the on the ground level of this thing changing it really feels like we're getting momentum to where that could change and i feel like it's going to change across the body of christ as an as a group um you see revival rising up different places i mean i'm sure Teresa's going to have all kinds of stories about what she's seen while they were over there um, it's almost like another wave that we have coming across this nation that's going to begin to wake people up and end that abortion. The first thing that always arises in the thought of past failures are things like, Lord, I done this wrong. Lord, I, I, I made a mistake. I didn't cultivate a healthy marriage. I didn't take care of my kids the way I should have. I didn't teach them. I didn't do my business right. I didn't follow you the way I should have. It's always, I didn't, I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. The Lord doesn't care what we can do. He's looking for a people who look to him to lead us in what he can make us capable of doing, what he can bring us out of, what he can free us from. The enemy works overtime to divide families and get people caught up in their past. They don't even think about the future a lot of times because they're so caught up in the circumstances and the situations of the past or current. <laughs> I work with people in the real estate business all the time to say, I don't know what I've done wrong, but my kids will not have anything to do with me, so I'm moving. I'm selling my house. I'm moving to another state, another place. Or they may say, um, I've been through a terrible relationship, and I'm just never going to be able to trust anyone again. We as a body of Christ have to walk in victory over this because it causes us to walk in a manner that aborts all that the Lord created us for. The body of Christ is about family and relationship. That's why the enemy hates it. Look at the very beginning. It was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He created everything. And they were all together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit as one. Okay? He created everything. And then what he done when he created man? He didn't like the man to be alone. <laughs> so he created a helpmate 
He is about family and relationship. So what's the enemy do? He attacks our mind because the Lord made us in his image. We have the mind of Christ, so he comes against that. What else does he do? He attacks our families and our relationships because the Lord's all about family and relationship. That's how you draw closer to him. You learn he's your father. He wants to be your friend. He wants to speak to you, give you direction in all things. And so the enemy comes against that. How do we get victory over these things? I just wrote down three things that I felt like was key right now because of what the Lord's doing across this nation. Number one is repentance. Repentance of the things that you've walked through. First of all, pride. You know, a majority of people walk in pride. I know I did. Um, pride is something that can get us off track in many different ways. Just like we all have things that cause us to feel like failure, we also have things that cause us to feel prideful. Give that feeling of pride to your Father every day. Do not walk in that. It will derail your calling if you do not give it to the Lord. Don't mistake what I'm talking about. You're a child of the king. Don't ever mistake it and feel like you're worthless or you're not good. That's not the opposite of pride. The opposite of pride is not feeling like you're a worm and you're not worth anything. Okay? We are a child of the king, and he has abundance for us, but it's not in our flesh. It's not in who we think we are and what we think we can do. So I felt like he said, don't hold your head down in disgrace. Be confident in who you are, but do not become entitled or arrogant. Declare humility and love over your life every day. Repent of your past and all the things you feel you've done wrong. Repent of not walking in the, full, the fullness of your heavenly Father. Love those who you're in contact with. Begin to love your kids, even when they aren't loving you. Now, I'm not talking about small children still in the house. There's a different way to help them with loving you. I'm talking about grown adult children. <laughs> love them even when they don't love you. But here again, true love is what the Lord's calling for. Because it's not always agreeing with everything they do or going along with their opinions or whatever they have to say or do. Sometimes true love is speaking the truth and laying out boundaries for your relationship. If you want to know how to deal with a particular situation, seek the Lord. Just like everything, we all walk through many different hard things in life. And I can't stand here and tell you this is how you need to walk through it. Just like any other situation in your life. But your father who wants to connect with you can give you the exact keys you need to break down that situation and make it what he's called it to be. Now, for the big step, <laughs> I felt like the Lord was saying for me, <laughs> it's so easy to miss, yet so important. Grab a hold of your father's grace, the grace from the Lord. Grace is unmerited divine assistance given to us for, their re for our regeneration or sanctification. It's a virtue coming from God. 
That's actually what it says in the Webster, a virtue coming from God. <laughs> That's what grace is, exactly. Romans 3, 23 through 24 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. And I was just dwelling on that, and I'm like, Lord, open our eyes to the victory you've granted us. I mean, you sent your only son, and you, you said multiple times in the Bible, even though we've sinned and fallen short, you've granted us the grace <laughs> that freely makes us right. We're right because of his grace. It's nothing we've done. It's nothing we have to do. All we are called to do is build our relationship with him. The closer we come to him, the closer we come to our calling. The farther he pushes us forward, the more outside of our box we become. Because all of our boxes are created in our own minds, not his. Romans 5.17 says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So it said we have to receive it. <laughs> and we live in triumph. Triumph over everything we come into contact with. Am I the only one who's felt like I've fallen short in areas, or is there other people in here? <laughs> I mean, well, it seems like we all feel like we've fallen short. Lord, help us, help me to let go of that mindset and not abort my calling. Teach me your grace that was freely given to be more than a conqueror in Christ. You know, it talks about in Revelation what happens when you become lukewarm. And I feel like as a body of Christ, that's happened over time just because of hard situations and things and who knows what all. But yet the Lord has his grace just waiting for us to take a hold of it again. As a church across this nation, if we can get hold of his grace, we will have a major shift. Now, here is the key we can speak over every past and current situation that we feel like we need to give to the Lord. I was reading through and I'm like, OK, Lord, what do we do when we have people or we have situations like I didn't handle that right? I didn't know what to say. I didn't react correctly, whatever. And this is what um, Paul spoke to the church. And I felt like the Lord said, you can speak this over every situation. It's Acts 20, 32. It says, and now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. So the Lord grants us the ability to speak his inheritance over all those people we've come into contact with, all the ones we love and know. It doesn't matter if we've handled it right when we've talked to him. It doesn't matter if we've had the right answers. He gives us the ability to speak 
our inheritance, which he's given us freely over those we love. And I just thought that was an awesome thing. Another thing we want to be mindful of is not aborting our calling when things gets hard. Things get hard. Or they just seem to be going the wrong way. And we decide to give up or quit. You know, this is uh, something that happens to all of us when we get in a rut or things do not seem to be getting better. You know, the Lord's grace works in all things. And I think of Leanne, uh, she shared, it's been a little while ago, but um, she had a lot of health issues, and she prayed for years for the Lord to heal her. And she'd have a little healing here and a little healing there. And then next thing you know, she's walking, and she's like, whoa, he's healed this and this and this and this and this. And the list goes on and on. That's exactly how he works with all of us. We can't get caught up in our little vision, which is like our own little world of what's happening, because he's doing things constantly as we press on. Even when we're not calling out for his grace, he's there moving in our situation. Galatians 6, 9 says, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We will see victory over the areas that feel the hardest if we walk like the widow in Luke 18, 1 through 8. It says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city. He, oh, I'm sorry. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but... <laughs> this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give you justice or give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? And I was looking at that, and I'm like, that's awesome, because, you know, we've all read that about the, the widow, and that's an awesome thing. But at the end, Jesus ends that story with, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? And I thought, Lord, what are you trying to say with that? You know, <laughs> what's that about? And I, and I wanted to look up faith and just see what it said in the dictionary. And it says, allegiance to duty or a person. Loyalty lost faith in the company's president. That's interesting. <laughs> it's belief and trust in and loyalty to God. That's faith, okay? 
So how do we make sure we're one of those who have faith when he returns? And I felt like the Lord said, it's what I've been saying. Grab hold of my grace. That's how you do all things in me. It all comes from me. Grab hold of my grace. Romans 3.24 says, Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So how do we become that person of faith in him? By grabbing hold of his grace. Because Romans says, Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. We're not outside of him any longer we do not have to be perfect we have to continue cultivating our connection to our heavenly father as we are cultivating our connection to him we have the ability to receive the grace he freely gave and i was thinking about that and i thought it's you know a lot of times you hear well um for the most part i do good spending quiet reading my bible praying but it's hard at times And I was thinking, Lord, what's the key? Because we have to build that relationship with you. So if we're going to have on and off times or good times and bad times, what's the key to getting through to where we stay connected with you? And I felt like he said dedication is consistency and hard work. Be dedicated in cultivating a relationship with your heavenly father. Our Father is not one who stands over you and uses a whip and says, you have to do this and you have to do that. He is one that loves you more than you could ever love him, and he wants to connect with you. So he wants that time of drawing near to you, and he gives us the ability to push ourselves in one direction or another. So, Lord, help us all be dedicated to seek you. That's our job. Seek him. Following the Lord brings victory and awesome blessings. But don't let people tell you if you have enough faith, everything will go good. I was just thinking about that. Lord, we want to be those faithful people. But a lot of people in the world will say, well, I'm doing fine. I don't have the Lord and I don't have all the troubles those Christians have. (laughs) And he said, look at Job. The very beginning of Job says there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Okay, what goes on to happen with Job? He goes through a lot of hard things, loses all his kids, his animals, everything, his houses, buildings, all that. The Lord said, His life was an example of what consistency brings through adversity of walking with the Lord. Because even though he walked through all those hard things and the people outside, a lot of them said, you've sinned or you've done this or that. What happened in the end? The Lord blessed him beyond his imagination. He didn't say you'll never have to walk through anything. He didn't say it'll be easy. But he blessed him beyond what he could have ever had before all he walked through. John 10.10 says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I said, Lord, how does the thief accomplish his purpose? 
And he said, by causing us to abort our destinies, by giving us mind battles that we do not come out of, by distracting us. How does the Father accomplish his purpose in our lives? He does this by, I know it's rough. <laughs> so I asked the Lord, how does the Father accomplish his purpose in our lives? By his children receiving his grace that was freely given because he placed us on this earth to accomplish his purpose and only by his grace can we do that. We will face adversity in this life. So the question is, who are we in adversity? And I think this came out of my mind. I don't think this was spoken from the Lord, okay? So get ready. <laughs> I said, what are we then, Lord, when we face adversity? Are we a possum or are we a lion? <laughs> what happens with possums? They play dead, right? <laughs> do we play dead or do we rise up in the face of adversity? Do we abort our calling or do we grab a hold of the Lord's grace so we can push on into our calling? Numbers 23, 23 through 24 says, No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, What wonders God has done for Israel. These people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. What that was was when the enemy tried to hire um, a prophet to speak against Israel. And what did he say? He said, there's no magic to have any power against these people. <laughs> they have the Lord after them. And who are we? We're grafted in as his people. We have this promise over us just like Israel did at that time. We can rise up, and we can be the lion. We are grafted into that place, so he has spoken that over us. When the Lord breathes life into us, he grants us a blessing from him that makes us capable of accomplishing all that he's placed us here to do. The main times in our lives that we really push into what the Lord has for us is when? Through adversity. <laughs> when is it that you miss your Bible reading or you don't remember to pray and those things? That's when things are easy. <laughs> you don't have anything really pushing. But when things are hard, it's different. If we didn't have these times, it would be very easy to become complacent and not accomplish what the Lord has for us. The Lord said David was a man after his own heart. <laughs> when the Lord said David was a man after his own heart, what do you think of David? Oh, he was awesome. He prayed a lot. He wrote a lot of the Psalms, right? <laughs> the largest, or I shouldn't say the largest, I'm going to say a large part of David's life was running from Saul, <laughs> waging war against the enemy. He went and fought battles constantly, the Lord would tell him to go fight. 
facing unbelievable odds, what set David apart as a man after God's own heart? He sought the Lord through all adversity. And once he knew what the Lord was saying, what did he do? He rose up like the lion and he went out and no one could stand against him. It didn't matter what the odds were because he knew the grace of the Lord. This wasn't even after Jesus came and died for us. <laughs> this was before what we have now. But he knew the Lord's calling on his life and he had a relationship it said that he sung to him. He spent time with him out in the fields with the sheep, right? He knew who the Lord was. Here's another example of what happens when the Lord's your king and you don't play possum. <laughs> Judges 14, 5 through 6. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. At that moment, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat, and he didn't tell his mother and father. <laughs> I would say that Samson had a clue about how to walk in the Lord. Now, it goes on to say Samson fell, and he done stuff he shouldn't, but that, doesn't, that didn't change the fact that Samson knew that the Lord took care of him, and he could do anything through him. If Samson would have given in to fear right then, that would have aborted his call that he was called to do from then on out. Just like the widow and the unjust judge, if she would have given in to the enemy... She would have aborted her calling, but she didn't. She pressed on. I'm telling you, as a church, we need to be that church of faith that is determined not to give up, but to rise up like a lion of the tribe of Judah and accomplish our destiny. If it's easy, you're probably not going the right way. <laughs> if it's hard... You might be on the verge of really accomplishing what the Lord has called you to. If you have people coming against you, it's probably a good sign you're getting somewhere. If you have people around you who don't understand, then it's likely a sign you may be hearing from the Lord because everyone around you doesn't hear what you're hearing. Okay? But don't get confused. You have to walk with the body of believers. You have to walk with brothers and sisters who can stand with you, and you can present those things too, and they can say, yes, it's the Lord, go after it. Or no, you're off on your own, don't go that way. <laughs> That's why we're called to walk as a body. But when you walk in that unity, supporting each other, don't give up, don't give in, press on as if your life depends on it, because it does. Accomplishing your calling depends on it, just like everything else in life that takes hard work to accomplish. You're going to feel like your life's not fair a lot of times. I have a lot of sympathy for that. Get over it. Because <laughs> life's not fair. Overcome. Life was not made to be fair. We were put here to accomplish something. We have an advantage over everyone else in this world. Did you ever think about that? 
We have an advantage over everyone else you come into contact with in this world. Everyone. (laughs) I'm going to say the Lord created us in his image. And when we have hold of him and his grace, it is not fair to anyone else in the world that come against his calling on our life. Just like David. (laughs) David was a man of war. Thankfully, we're not in that place. We don't have to do those things anymore. But it's the same in the spirit. You come against things constantly that want to stop you in the spirit from your calling. A lot of times we hear, you know, the wives get discouraged because they're like, well, we just, you know, get beat up over being a housewife. Telling you the calling of being a housewife is as strong and as important as any calling anyone has in this world. Because what are you doing? You're teaching your children how to have a heart after the Lord. There's nothing any stronger than that. Dig in to the Lord. I'm telling you, kids, if I knew at a young age what it was like to walk with the Lord, there would have been a lot of things I wouldn't have walked through. (laughs) A lot of situations I brought on myself I wouldn't have had to deal with. Dig into your pursuit of the Lord. Pursue his voice. Be consistent. He wants to lead us in all things. He wants to give us victory over every area of our life. Those things we've struggled with, maybe you haven't even mentioned to people. You've struggled with them for years. He wants to give you victory over that. And the victory may be telling a brother or sister, I've struggled with this for years and I haven't wanted to tell anybody. Or the victory may be pressing him into him a little bit more. I don't know what it is, but he wants to give you victory over all those things in your life. He wants to free us from bondages we've dealt with our whole lives. You know, a lot of times we see generational things as passed on. It's nothing against our parents or grandparents. It's generational strongholds that cause us not to see things correctly. He wants to free us from those bondages. Okay, he wants to bring us into a life that no one before us has lived because he has blessing for us. He wants to spend time speaking with us every day, just like we want to speak with our kids every day. He wants to lead us in keys in every area of our life. He wants our parents saved, our spouses saved, our kids, our neighbors, our friends, everyone that we think about that we have a heart for, he wants them saved more than we do. He wants them to know that the only fulfillment is in life through him. That life in him is your only fulfillment in this life. He does not want us to be religious about him. That's not what it's about. It's not about being religious, being good, doing everything right. It's about having a relationship with him. So when you run into hard things or struggles, what do you do first? You communicate with him about it. He has the answer to all those things that we're not smart enough or thinking clear enough to know. He has all that. He wants to connect with us in those times. What do you do with your friends? I was thinking about this because a lot of times when I talk to people, especially that just started walking with the Lord or, or just heard about him or maybe just give their life to him, 
I'm thinking, okay, Lord, how do you um, talk to people about relationship with you? And I felt like this come up to me. What um, do we do with our friends? We spend time doing things with them. We talk with them. We do work with them, maybe. Maybe we go out and have fun, do fun stuff with them, right? We would lay down our life for our friends, just like we would our family, because you build that connection with them, okay? That's what he wants to be with us. He wants to be connected with us like that. And what's so funny about it? He already did the hardest thing (laughs) of being a true friend. He gave up his only son. He gave up his only son so that we could be his sons and daughters, so that we could connect with him, so that we could have that veil torn that separated us from him. He is just waiting on us to grab a hold of the grace that he freely gives us to walk, walk free of all of our past and walk into victory of all the things of the future, the obstacles, the hard things. He has victory for us in those things. Um, When I was spending time praying about this, it was like, okay, why, Lord, do we get so um, caught up in our problems and, and how to get out of them when the key is just seeking his face? A lot of times we'll come into a place where, you know, we struggle, we get all stressed out, and it's like, okay, dad's having a bad week. He's been stressed out this week. He's been grouchy, you know. (laughs) When it all comes back to we just need to connect to him. If we connect to him, all that stuff will fade away. And the things that don't fade away, he'll give us keys to the solutions to those things. So what do we do with all the hard situations we're dealing with? And (laughs) seek him, obviously, number one. Number two, begin to speak the opposite out loud. That is a major key. Speak the opposite out loud. If you feel like your finances are terrible and you're broke all the time and you don't have money to pay whatever bills you have coming in, begin to praise the Lord for excess. Begin to praise him that those bills are paid. The other key to this is laugh. You know, I think it is a Steve Backland that talks about that a lot. Laugh. And I'm telling you, that's the hardest thing in the world when you're going through a tough situation. (laughs) When you don't see the end from the beginning, it's hard. But if you can laugh through that situation, the Lord gives you grace to push on in that. (laughs) what we speak about situations greatly affect the outcome our words matter and i really think Teresa burnett needs to share on that one of these days our words matter (laughs) i've shared a little bit on it and there's a lot there and i catch myself I'll be doing something, and I'll make a little comment, and it's like, why did I say that? Your word matters. It matters what you say, how you respond to a situation. Speak what the Lord sees, and what's he see? He sees victory over that situation. 
when our Father created the universe, He spoke it into being. He created every one of us. And what did He say about us? He said He created us in His image, and it is very good. <laughs> so we may not be as bad as we think we are. <laughs> He created us in his image, and it is very good. When we grab hold of his grace, everything we do is very good in his sight. So speak the end from the beginning. Speak what the Lord says over your situation. If you're up against something in your life, get someone to pray with you. Seek out help. Seek out people who want to stand with you in that and begin to speak victory over those situations. We were created like our Father who spoke everything into existence. He's just waiting on us to walk in His grace and accomplish what He's called us to accomplish because we can create the worlds around us. We can change what we walk into. We can be the thermostat, not the thermometer. We can be the light at our work. We can be the one that has joy every day, even when we're not happy. <laughs> we can have joy through hard things. I'm telling you, our Father wants us to accomplish above and beyond what we ever dreamed possible. But He doesn't want us to be miserable in the process. He wants to, us to have joy in the journey. You know, um, we was praying with someone the other day, and the word come out that um, you're so worried about the destination that you're not having joy in the journey. And I think that's the key over all of our lives with the Lord is He wants us to have joy in the journey. He wants us to have peace wherever we're at. He wants us to be able to walk in abundance in what he has and not let the earth's circumstances cloud our vision he doesn't want us to be weighed down by bondages and weights yokes he said his yoke is easy his burden is light it's not for us to carry all those things our job is to walk in his grace and i'm telling you i believe as a body we're closer than we've ever been to see fulfillment in all of our lives, in all different things. But what happens right before you get that fulfillment? Things are the hardest they've ever been. You feel like you're never going to get there. That's how it works. It doesn't matter. We're not to the end yet. He's with us, and He's going to lead us through, and He's going to give us laughter even in the hard things. So if we'd stand up, I'd just like to pray for us. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you were speaking to me through um, seeking you in that, Lord, because I felt like you was just saying, here's what you deal with, here's the struggles, let them go. Because in my grace is abundance of joy, abundance of victory, abundance of the life I've called you to, which is creating all good things out of every situation you walk into. So, Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you that you speak good over all of our lives. 
Lord, you have good for all of our lives. And Lord, you didn't promise we're not going to walk through anything. You promised that you'll be with us through everything and you will bring good out of every situation. And we just praise you for that, Lord. We praise you for your good in every situation and your victory in the end and our place of walking as the king's children. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your people this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.